and you can tell which ones have a walk with God, have a consecration, have really got a hold of it. There's a, a look in the eye that lets you know that they're not just there marking time until they can do something else, but they are really in love with God. And I, I found that to be true of Brother Townley from my earliest acquaintance with him. Since then, I have found him to be not just an average preacher, but an excellent preacher, uh, outstanding preacher. He is, I believe, uh, we'll have to check with Sister Townley on this, but I believe that she would agree. He is an excellent husband. Uh, it's obvious he takes good care of his wife and his family. He is an excellent father. I have found him to be an excellent friend and neighbor, someone just to talk to and be around. He's a very enjoyable person to spend time with. He is also an excellent uh, singer. And uh, uh, we were blessed by his singing just last week at our own anniversary meeting. One glance around here and then hearing what Brother Fralin had to say to us lets us know that Brother Townley is an excellent administrator and in just a short time has put his handprint on this work in a superb way, not taking away at all from any of the things that were done before, but leading the church onward into the future. And we've always got to believe that a church's best history is not in its past. It's in its future. And you have the kind of man that's going to make the right decisions and, uh, and enhance this church, not just in its buildings and properties, but every way about it. And so in summary then, of course, the reason we're here tonight is that I believe he is also an excellent pastor. To have gone through a transition, not lose anybody because of the transition, and see souls added to the church, and the church excited about going on, and uh, not see any slippage or change in the fundamental doctrines and beliefs and standards of a church is an admirable quality in the day that we're living in. The church here in Jennings should be proud and thankful and pray every day giving God thanks for an excellent man in the person of Brother Jimmy Townley. God bless you. Being here in five years. Other than that, she was on her own. And this is the poem, and so we framed it for him. Her grandmother wants her to stand. Stand up, Lauren. Lauren wanted to stay in the back among the stuff. Stand up, Lauren. She wrote this poem. <laughs> Sister Dee's going to read it for us. I couldn't have written it. <laughs> A faithful servant. Sometimes we're blessed enough for God to send someone our way, someone who go the distance to help us face life, come what may. We couldn't be more blessed for God to send a man like you, a man so highly favored, a man among the chosen few. You've showered us with kindness, dealt with patience and with love. You've shown the grace of Jesus, seeking guidance from above. You're a friend when you, we're in trouble, strength and hope when we are low, 
People sang your praises each and everywhere you go. A spirit of humility is what your life portrays. To be a Christian is defined by your meek and humble ways. Our prayers are truly answered. You've shared our vision and your song. You agreed to go uh, to you've agreed to go the distance to grab the torch and keep it strong. You came to us 10 years ago. God had you in his will. A faithful servant, a steadfast man, content to be just to be still. Your patience has been honored, your calling true and sure. For five years you, now, you've been our shepherd, so honest, just, and pure. This poem is for you. The reason we wanted scripture on it, and uh, we picked a couple of them. It says, how shall they preach except they be sent? As it is written, how beautiful are feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things, Romans 10 and 15. This is a scripture. Next one, Isaiah 40 and 31, he quoted just Sunday night, and I think he sang the song too. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. And I didn't finish all of it. I left put that part on the plaque. But he likes eagles, so we had a, an eagle put on it, uh, on the plaque. And, of course, the bottom last eight stanzas of that poem, you came to us ten years ago, God had you in his will, a faithful servant, a steadfast man, content to just be still. Your patience has been honored, your calling true and sure. For five years now, you've been our shepherd, so honest, just, and pure. Brother Valletta, where you at? Is Brother Valletta back there? I need Brother Valletta. <laughs> ...that God has chosen you to be our pastor. We thank you for being a pastor who believes in the truth, preaches truth, and lives truth. We appreciate all of your hard work and dedication to each of us. May God bless you for your steadfast commitment to the Lord and to the First Pentecostal Church of Jennings. To our pastor's wife, Sister Katrina Townley, when we thank God for our pastor, we must give him thanks for two. For when your husband came to us, God also sent us you. A pastor's wife must be many things. You have many hats to wear. And we say thanks for all you do and lift you up in prayer. You adjust your life to meet the needs of your husband's congregation and it seems that you can always cope with most any situation. Your presence blesses all of us who know you from day to day. As our pastor's wife, you are serving God in a fine and worthy way. Love the First Pentecostal Church of Jennings, Louisiana. We have a gift for Sister Townley. <laughs> Sister Townley, we are very blessed to have a pastor's wife like you. We are very thankful for the life that you live and for all of your kindness and dedication to our church. We love and appreciate you very much. Love the First Pentecostal Church family. Uh, we, we had some communication by email with Brother Weeks whenever he was 
deciding to come, and uh, he sent word to me and said, look, whatever y'all need, just let me know. I appreciate it. And then what really touched me is that on the bottom of his email, he wrote a little note uh, as a second thought, letting me know. And I'm, I, we put the quote on this picture frame. He wasn't saying it to a congregation. He wasn't saying it to be for you to know about it. But his quote was, Brother Townley has been a dear friend of mine for many years and is also a great man of God whom I respect and esteem very highly. He deserves the absolute best, Elder Ben Weeks. I thought that would be nice for your desk. We're going to do something else real religious right now. As the world looks upon me As I struggle along They say I have nothing But they are so wrong For in my heart I am rejoicing how I wish they could see Thank you, Lord For your blessings on me Aren't you thankful for the blessings of the Lord? For there's a roof up above me And I have a good place to sleep and there's food on my table And shoes on my feet And you gave me your love, Lord And a fine family Thank you, Lord For your blessings on me And I know that I'm not wealthy These clothes are not new And I don't have much money Oh, but Lord, I have you And to me, that's all that matters Although the world cannot see I say thank you, Lord, for your blessings on me. Sing it with us now. For there's a roof up above me, and I've a good place to sleep. And there's food on my table, and shoes on my feet and you gave me your love Lord and a fine family thank you Lord thank you Lord I say thank you Lord for all your on me let's thank him for the blessings hallelujah hallelujah
have a message. What happened, one of the preacher's neighboring pastors in, in Baton Rouge called him up and said, I'm so sorry, I can't come and hear you preach. And that's how he found out he was preaching tonight. <laughs> I'm glad he's got a message. Praise the Lord. Won't Brother Townley to come? I did request him to sing Through the Fire, and it was on the agenda before you asked last week. <laughs> Brother Alviar, this is a song Brother Townley does so good on. He does. This is my favorite song on my favorite singer. And so uh, he sang it last week. I hope he'll sing it tonight for y'all, Through the Fire. And I think they've got some more songs for Brother Weeks. So uh, we're going to turn it over. My good pleasure to turn this over to my pastor that I love. Appreciate you. You may be seated. God bless you. Thank you all for coming. And uh, I had no idea about this gathering until today. And it is just absolutely amazing how they were able to, to pull this off with me not knowing. And uh, anyway, I want to say a special thank you. I don't want to take unnecessary time tonight. But everything that has been said and done, God bless each of you. And I appreciate all that you have done and said tonight. Each of these ministers on the platform tonight have a special place in my heart. I'm still uncomfortable with Brother Alexander calling me his, uh, calling me his pastor. Uh, but this is the way I look at it. He is still and will always be our elder. And I, we, we did not demote him when I became pastor. He became our retired elder. And I'm going to tell you, there's nobody does for me what this good elder does for me. I've cried on his knees. I've had him lay his hands on me and pray for me. Nobody understands what I go through like he understands what I go through. Not just that he's pastored, but he's pastored here in this local assembly. He knows what it's like to do the battle and war in the spirit. And I appreciate a good, strong hand that is there to lay hands on me and pray for me and support me and strengthen me. And I just tell you, there's not an anointing that does me any more than when I am needing my spirit and I take time and I go visit him and Sister Alexandra and we all start praying, start crying. The spirit of the Lord starts to move. And, and uh, the elder was in the hospital just a few days ago. And that while he was in rehab recovering, he, uh, he just, before I was going, walking out of the room, he just began to weep. And he said, I don't know how it's going to happen, Brother Townley, but God's going to help us that we can keep going on. You can lead this church on to victory and see greater things happen. He said, I don't know how it's going to happen, but God's going to help us. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. I'm just telling you, I thank God for good strength. I thank God for granting us these five years to have this elder strengthening us, helping us, and encouraging us. Brother Alexander, God bless you. I appreciate you tonight very, very much. And uh, I know this, this service is supposed to be about me and honoring me, but I'm going to tell you, I, I'm not who I am by myself. I can't make it all alone. And I want you to know what these men mean to me. And I thank God for Brother McDaniel 
and uh, only God in heaven knows what he means to me. And uh, he has he contributed and added a lot to my life. And uh, what can you say when you call a man a pastor who is truly a pastor that cares for you and helps you and watches over you and, and is there and available and and uh, Brother McDaniel has been my pastor and has contributed and given into my life spiritually, naturally. He gave me the blessing to marry his granddaughter, man, I'm telling you. <laughs> Wonderful. As a matter of fact, he, he encouraged me to marry her quicker. <laughs> man, I, yes. I said, I, we're thinking about getting married. We want to know if you put your blessings on it. We're thinking about such and such date, January. He said, why not June? I was like, why not? <laughs> now her dad might not have been as happy about that as I was <clears throat> but uh, 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 Brother McDaniel has been a great great pastor in my life and uh, let him tell you whether he agreed with it or not well he I went and met him at his office and that day he expected came <laughs> And uh, I asked him if I could marry his daughter, and uh, he sure gave his blessings. He did. <laughs> and uh, I just believe together God is going to help us see many, 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 many more great years. And uh, I, I, I chose to say that I appreciate this church for their character and who they are because your support of my children and your support of my wife and myself is invaluable. I told Brother Weeks before, I said, Brother Weeks, I'd hate to know I pastored a church that didn't like me because there's enough struggles and battles and wars just moving forward. And uh, pastoring in this generation, I thank God that I've got a church that is supporting me, that is praying for me. And I want you to know I appreciate you very, very much. God bless you. Let's give our church a good hand. <clears throat> oh, I guess we'll sing tonight. I don't, I don't want to take very long. Uh, they said two or three songs. We're going to go with two. And uh, uh, we'll sing Through the Fire tonight. And also Brother Weeks wrote a song 100 years ago, back when he was a little... <laughs> But uh, he wrote a song years ago we used to sing. We're going to sing it again tonight called I'm Leaving. But worship the Lord with us. <laughs> and, uh, we did have a good relationship outside of his daughter. <laughs> and uh, we were good friends before I married his daughter. I can say that. Richard has been a great, great friend. And... Uh, uh, Brother Alviar has been a great friend and blessing. And uh, I, I went to his meeting last week, and I didn't feel like I appropriately honored him. Uh, you know, he talks about me being over there preaching at his place and being a blessing, and I, I felt like the blessing was mine. and The honor was mine to be able to go and, and preach. And uh, I was talking with Brother Weeks today, and anybody that would open the door for a young preacher to preach has got a lot of courage, I can just tell you that, and especially me. And uh, so uh, the, the friendship, uh, I've told it before. I remember one day in particular, uh, days were dark, 
And I called Brother uh, Alviar and said, I'd like to talk with you. I'd like for us to get together. He said, all right, we'll get together one day. I said, I need somebody now. <laughs> and uh, he said, well, come on. Come meet with me and we'll talk. Right. And a friend like that is invaluable. Yes. I, I think about the popular slogan by a, a prominent uh, corporation today, and it's help can't wait. And there's sometimes help can't wait. And I thank God for friends like Brother Alviar who is available to help and support and assist. And uh, I appreciate him being willing. A while back, we made some changes in the church. We were having to get trustees. And, and uh, I, while we were doing business, I went ahead and took the time to establish an emergency chairman. And uh, Brother Alviar has been so agreeable to accept that uh, place. And, and uh, that's who I wanted. And I appreciate you and respect you. God bless you, and thank you for being here tonight. I was thinking, of all things that Brother Alviar and Brother Weeks need is one more meeting to go to <laughs> and one more meeting to preach. And uh, I'm just glad that these men are here, all of the ministry that are here. God bless you. Thank you. Thank you for coming. And uh, I, I can't stop talking right now without saying that I do love and value my wife and appreciate her very, very much. And my wife is an unwavering support of me. And uh, she has never, never at any way uh, failed to be that strong arm of support. And uh, she has not discouraged me from doing the work of God nor the will of God. And uh, she's always available to help. And uh, I want her to know tonight I really, really appreciate her. I was already trying to think about Sunday of buying her and something to let her know that I appreciate her and uh, and uh, just taking a moment for that. They made me kiss my wife in front of God and everybody. That was the will of God, wasn't it? <laughs> so I may, I may just wait till these die to get you another arrangement here. They bought her a really, really nice arrangement tonight. And uh, I appreciate you appreciating me. But I appreciate you appreciating my wife. And... Uh, not only does this church appreciate their pastor and their pastor's wife, but this church appreciates my children. And I told this church when I became their pastor, and I'll say it again tonight, that I felt like it was an honor to become their pastor because this is a good church. And while Brother Alexander did choose me, they did have a vote of affirmation, and they did vote a word of affirmation. And uh, so they did give a unanimous support, not unanimous, not, that wasn't the right word because I think there was two or three that didn't vote for me. And I don't mean that bad. 
two. Okay, the elder remembers two. <laughs> but, but thank God, nobody left. Hallelujah. <laughs> so everybody's still voting for me. <laughs> and, uh, and so uh, I, I still count it honor tonight to be pastor in this church. And God, God has great things in store for us. And uh, I, I've honestly told folks sometimes, I said, I, I really believe I'm the biggest problem in the church. And uh, if and I told the church before, I said, listen, I really wished you had a better pastor. Not a different pastor. <laughs> a better pastor. And hold up just a second. I've got to introduce this song just for a second. I, I, when I was evangelizing, I traveled the country and I'd preach a message like, have faith in the process. When you're going through dark days, just trust the Lord. And uh, I preached a message called The Peril, the Process, and the Principle. You're going through the perilous time. God's working a process in your life, and there's a principle he's going to teach you. And Boy, it was good preaching, but it's tough living it. When things that you think will only last a day, a week, a month, two months, and <laughs> turns into years, your faith can be tested. And uh, I've had some dark days in my life. But I thank God I'm here to testify tonight. The Lord will always, always bring us through the fire time and time again. I'm just saying it's always easier to preach it than it is to live it. And so God sent me to Jennings to live it. <laughs> Amen. And I thank God for the journey that he's put me on. And I'm, I know every one of us can testify tonight. The Lord has been good. And the Lord has always supplied Amen. Worship the Lord with us tonight. Thank God. So many times I've questioned certain circumstances are things I could not understand. Many times in trials Weakness blurs my vision And my frustration gets so out of hand It is then I am reminded I've never been forsaken I've never had to stand one test alone As I look at all the victories his spirit rises up in me And it's through the fire My weakness is made strong He never promised That the cross would not get heavy And the hill would not be hard to without fighting but he said help would always come in time so just remember when you're standing in the valley of decision and the adversary says give in just hold on our Lord will show Fire again. 
surely perish. But if I trust the mighty hand of God, He'll seal the flames again, again. He never promised that the cross would not get heavy and the hill would not be hard to climb. Oh, no. He never offered our victories without fighting, but he said help would always come in time. So just remember when you're standing in the valley of decision and the adversary says give in. Just hold on. Our Lord will show up. seated worship the Lord with us key of A flat thank you Lord I'm leaving I'm leaving I'm leaving when Jesus comes again I'm leaving I'm leaving I'm leaving when Jesus comes again could be in the morning could be in the evening all I know is I don't know just when but I'm leaving I'm leaving, I'm leaving when Jesus comes again. Yes, I believe it, I believe it, I believe it when Jesus comes again. I believe it, I believe it, I believe it when Jesus comes again. Oh, it could be in the morning, could be in the evening. All I know is I don't know just when, but I believe it. I believe in, I believe in when Jesus comes again. Well, I'll leave all my trouble, I'll leave all my pain, cause I'll be with Jesus and with him I will reign. I'll leave all the heartache, all the fear and woe, and when he steps out on that cloud, I'll be ready to go. Cause I believe in, I believe in, I believe in when Jesus comes again. I believe in. I believe in, I believe in when Jesus comes again. Oh, it could be in the morning, could be in the evening. All I know is I don't know just when, but I believe in, I believe in, I believe in when Jesus comes again. Leave it, leave it, leave it when Jesus comes again. 
when Jesus comes again. Oh, yes, I'll leave all my trouble. I'll leave all my pain. Because I'll be with Jesus and with him I will reign. I'll leave all the heartache, all the fear and woe. And when he steps out on that because I'm leaving, I'm leaving, I'm leaving when Jesus comes again. I'm leaving, I'm leaving, I'm leaving when Jesus comes again. Oh, it could be in the morning, could be in the evening. All I know is I don't know just when, but I believe it, I believe it. I believe in when Jesus comes again. Leaving, leaving, leaving when Jesus comes again. Leaving, leaving, leaving. Hallelujah. Let's praise the Lord together. Bless your name, bless your name, bless your name. I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. Praise God. Praise God. Without any further delay, I want to turn the service to my good friend, Brother Ben Weeks. And, uh, I guess I could say a lot, and uh, I just want to say that I do appreciate our friendship down through the years, and uh, he has always been an inspiration, and uh, always been one who has encouraged me to do that which is right, and uh, not always just with his words, but his life. And our friendship has oftentimes spoken to me when we weren't even together. To be a man of study, man of prayer, man of consecration, man of dedication. Now we have rode the river together. We've had a lot of good times together. Uh, we was reminiscing today about uh, one time in the journey. Uh, when we had just started preaching, we, we had about 21 services in 20 days in different churches around the south here. I'm not sure we had that many messages. But we're sure doing some praying and trusting in God to say something through us. <laughs> and uh, we don't, you know, it's hard for us to even know when we started preaching. It's not that we wasn't being cooperative tonight. But Brother McDaniel and leadership there at Vider would just in youth services. Uh, Brother, Brother Melvin McDaniel, first time I ever got in the pulpit to have anything to say with the scripture. I was 14 years old. Brother Melvin McDaniel came up to me. He was leading the youth service and said, I want you to speak tonight on Psalms 1. I didn't know what Psalms 1 said. Honestly, it was right at seven o'clock or after. So I had to go find out what Psalms one said. 
And so I, it's hard to know, you know. I went to talk to Brother McDaniel about, you know, I thought I was called to preach. I walked up to him and said, Brother McDaniel, I, you know, I, I feel called to preach. He said, well, he said, the Bible said a man's gift will make room for itself. And you just keep doing what you're doing. That's it. <laughs> he didn't take me to his office and say, oh, great young man. Mm, yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, that was it. <laughs> and uh, and uh, so uh, Brother Weeks and I started preaching together. And I appreciate our friendship that's continued through the years. And I'll let him tell you some stories if he wants to tell stories. But you've been patient here tonight. And... Uh, know that I love this man dearly that's coming to preach tonight. He is my best friend, and he is my friend of a lifetime. And I want him to know I love him, and I appreciate him. Again, I know he's very busy, but thank you for coming tonight. I am honored. I did not know we was having service tonight until we got together today. Sister Townley brought me to the airport. She, she said, I just want to do something together Friday. I didn't know what we were doing. I said, if I don't know where we're going, are you driving? She said, yeah, I'll drive today. So she drove, and she turned in by the airport in Lafayette, and I was like, okay, either we're going somewhere or somebody's coming in. Because I had Brother Lawler scheduled to preach Sunday morning and Sunday night, but two weeks ago he canceled on me. And so it wasn't a bad thing. It was just something's come up, he can't be here. <laughs> and so I just thought, okay, Either we're flying somewhere or someone's coming in to take Brother Lawler's place for the weekend. And, and that I didn't know about. And uh, so we walked in. She still wouldn't tell me what was going on. We didn't go to the desk to check in. We walked upstairs. I was like, okay, somebody must be coming in. Or she's really messing with my mind today. She's going to take me back downstairs. And uh, after a while, I just kept watching. He must have sat towards the back of the plane because there was a period of time where it looked like nobody else was coming out of the plane. And uh, finally, he walked out. I was so thrilled. I, I, could, I could just feel my tears wanting to start flowing. And uh, I was so blessed to see him. And uh, we, we greeted one another and walked downstairs or took the escalator downstairs. And my wife looked at him. He said, he still don't know what's going on. <laughs> He thinks you're here to preach the weekend. He said, we got church tonight. I was like, oh. <laughs> so all of you ministering brethren who are here, I'm deeply blessed by your presence. Everyone that's here tonight, family, friends, God bless you. And Brother Weeks, I want you to come. Greet us tonight. I love you, brother. Appreciate you. Well, let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. Lord bless you. You may be seated. It is good to be here. I join with all of the other remarks that have been uh, made tonight. And uh, my goodness, I feel so emotional and sappy and syrupy and sloppy agape and Oh, Lord. 
If you think that the church has gone overboard and honoring the pastor, well, don't worry too much about it. If you think the pastor got a little too much glory tonight, don't worry too much about it. There'll be enough devils to fight next week. There'll be enough negative things said and enough people point out the bad and things to criticize. That'll, that'll just bring it right on down to size, I promise you. It is good to be here. We give honor to uh, your good pastor. I'm, I'm going to take my time. Everybody else did. And I've, uh, I've, uh, I'm glad only two or three people are not laughing. I'm glad. Uh, uh, I've only got a ten-minute sermonette, so when I get into it, you'll be, you'll be uh, thrilled. Uh, praise God. Um, but we we join with all of these remarks that have been. Um, said tonight, we give honor, I would like to give honor to this church for your love and respect and honor that you have for your pastor. You cannot go wrong having a deep respect for the ministry. If you want God to bless you, you learn how to love the gift he has given to you, and that is the man of God and his family. Take care of that gift, cherish that gift, treasure that gift. And I have seen churches cheat themselves out of the richest and deepest blessings of God by not respecting and loving the man of God as they should. If you've got a pastor, a God-called, God-anointed pastor, it's because God sent him to you. And you want to open up the floodgates of blessings. I have seen, man, churches that um, have just shut off the flow of blessings and revival and uh, get in a crossways with their pastor and it just seems like when that happens they just shut off shut off the blessings for their lives but you want God to just bless with liberty and freedom and anointing and joy and revival and add to the church hallelujah learn to cherish the gift that he has given to you praise God and I honor you tonight because that is the case all of the uh, family and friends, uh, my mother and father are here, so uh, good to see them tonight, and appreciate you uh, coming tonight to make this a, a special occasion, and I was I was going to be here anyway, I didn't know I was preaching until just a few days ago, and so uh, we, we want to give honor where honor is due, we give honor to the ministry tonight, uh, as has already been said, Brother Alexander, we give you honor and appreciate your years of faithfulness and the message that you have preached. I thank God for it. And you made the right choice for pastor of uh, this great church, and um, it has been proven. Amen. And uh, give honor to uh, Pastor Mac Daniel. And uh, I wasn't sure if I was going to get with him a while ago because I didn't know what he was going to tell. I didn't know if it was on me or Brother Townley. When I found out it was on Brother Townley, I got with him. Praise God. Didn't, didn't bother me near as bad. Um, in, fact, in fact, in that revival, if a revival it could have been called, um, 
I, I went there and was preaching for about a week, and it must have been pretty terrible. Because toward the end of the week, Brother Hammer said, Brother Weeks, do you know if Brother Townley is scheduled next week? And I said, well, I don't know. I'll call him. He said, call him and see if he can come out here and help us out. <laughs> and so it sounded like a good idea to me. I didn't, I didn't know any better. I called Brother Townley. It took him a while to get there, but <laughs> he got there. And we had a time. We, we did. We had a time. Brother Townley finally got there. It was at best I remember it's late in the evening and supper had been cooked and he finally got there. We sat down at the table and Brother Hammer said, uh, Brother Townley, ask the blessing over the food. Brother Townley prayed. We ate. Next morning at breakfast, Brother Hammer said, Brother Townley, ask the blessing over the food and let's eat. <laughs> Brother Townley asked the blessing. We sat down for lunch. Brother Hammer said, Brother Townley, won't you to pray again over the food? That night at supper, he said, Brother Townley, would you ask the blessing over the food? I said, wait a minute. Now, now, uh, evidently, uh, something's going on here. Now, you asked me to pray over the food all last week. Brother Townley gets here, and you hadn't asked me one time to ask the blessing. He said, yeah, I got tired of hearing a message or a sermon every time we sat down to eat. So, so one thing about it, I don't know if Brother Townley preaches shorter than I do, but he prays shorter than I do, I can tell you that. And uh, so anyway, give honor to all the ministry. Brother Alviar, we appreciate him. See Brother Lyles here tonight and other friends. We appreciate these good uh, elders. And we give honor to um, not only to Brother Townley, but to his family. And I will tell you that if you want to Appreciate this man, love his family. They're not perfect, and they're not going to be perfect. Hallelujah. But I'm going to tell you something. God will bless you for loving his family. And uh, we love uh, Brother and Sister Townley and Megan and, and uh, Madison and Mariah. They are precious. And... Uh, uh, I tell you what, Brother Townley, Sister Townley loves you. She does. She's been so excited. She has been so excited about, about this surprise and, and just springing one on you. And I was so scared. I was so scared somebody was going to tell Brother Townley after I found out it was a secret. In fact, I almost told Brother Townley. I, I almost called him this week and asked him if he wanted me to bring him something. And I thought, I can't do that. And then I scared Brother McDaniel was going to tell him. But, uh, but anyway, so I, I sent Sister Townley a text last night. I believe it was last night. I said, does, does, uh, does Brother Townley know? She said, well, I told him that uh, he and I are going on a date tomorrow. And uh, I get to drive. So brother and sister Townley came to the airport on their date today, and I got to be chaperone <laughs> brother and sister Townley's date. And so anyway, but uh, she has been so excited about this time of of uh, honoring brother Townley. So it's it's just it's good to be here. It's good to be here. I'll 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 close my 
opening remarks. I told you, I've only got just a short sermon, so, you know, you got to have long introductions when you have a short sermon. Brother, uh, Brother Alexander, he said there was some of you that was older than he is, and he's, uh, he's going to be, you're going to be 92, you're going to be 92 tomorrow. Uh, there's a little boy that, uh, that was pedaling his bike, and he, he stopped at a park bench, and sitting on this park bench was an, an older fellow reading a newspaper, and uh, he's sitting there reading the newspaper, and, and he looked up and seen this boy propped up against the bench he was sitting on. The boy reached in his pocket and pulled out a candy bar, unwrapped it, started eating it. He ate that candy bar, threw the wrapper down, reached down in his pocket, grabbed another candy bar, unwrapped it, and started eating. Threw that wrapper down, reached down in his pocket, grabbed the third candy bar, and started eating. Got through with that one, reached in his pocket, grabbed the fourth candy bar, and he ate that one too, threw the wrapper down, grabbed a fifth candy bar. While this gentleman is looking with amazement, and the sixth candy bar, he could not help himself. He had to say something. He said, son, son, boy, listen to me. Look at me. Son, you're, 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 you're going to ruin your health. You're going to get sugar diabetes. You're going to rot your teeth out. You, you, you're going to have stomach problems. You, you, you're going to have severe health issues if, if you do that. If you're eating, eating all those candy bars and that little boy, he didn't stop. He said, I had an uncle live to be 107. He said, well, son, he didn't live to be 107 eating six candy bars in a row. He said, no, he lived to be 107, minding his own business. <laughs> so, so, I'm going to tell you what, Brother Alexander has lived this long preaching the truth. And he's been strong in the truth. And he's been standing strong for this message, and I thank God for it. Praise God. Turn with me to the book of Luke, Luke chapter number 4. Luke chapter 4, if I missed anybody, I apologize. And um, I know that you are, you are waiting, anxiously waiting, uh, for us to go and examine the interior of that new fellowship hall. And uh, we certainly wouldn't want to disappoint you there. Luke chapter number 4. And um, I'm going to read somewhere here around verse number 16. Luke chapter 4, verse number 16. And he came to Nazareth, speaking of Jesus, where he had been brought up. And as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up for to read. And there was delivered unto him the book of the prophet Isaiah and when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He hath sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. And he closed the book and he gave it again to the minister and sat down, and the eyes of all them that were in the synagogue were fastened on him. And he began to say unto them, This day is the scripture fulfilled in your ears. And all bare him witness and wondered at the gracious words which proceeded 
out of his mouth, and they said, Is not this Joseph's son? And he said unto them, You will surely say unto me this proverb, Physician, heal thyself. Whatsoever we have heard done in Capernaum, do also here in thy country. And then moving down to verse number 31, speaking of Jesus again, he came down to Capernaum, a city of Galilee, and taught them on the Sabbath day. And they were astonished at his doctrine, for his word was with power. They were astonished at his doctrine, for his word was with power. I want to talk to you just a few minutes on two things that Capernaum got right. Two things that Capernaum got right. Let's ask the Lord to bless us for these few moments together. God, we love you. Lord, we thank you that we're able to gather together. Lord Jesus, with these wonderful saints of God, Lord, that we're able to gather together with these ministers, fellowship with those that are a part of this like precious faith. God, we pray that you talk to our hearts and help us. We love you. We thank you. We praise you in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Everyone say amen. 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 You may be seated. God richly bless you tonight. The book of Luke is very enjoyable um, to read uh, to me, especially out of the synoptic gospels it seems to me that i can see his personality uh through the pages of his writings it seems that um i can see the man in that which he testifies of through these chapters luke was a physician and uh, luke was very concerned with the individual there were things that luke the physician noticed that it seemed that the other Gospel writers did not notice. It was Luke that gave us the uh, story of the Good Samaritan. It was uh, Luke that gave us the story of the prodigal son. And uh, Luke, being the physician, it seemed that that there were things that he caught, uh, whereas Matthew was a tax collector. Maybe you could call him an accountant and And Matthew recorded more of what Jesus had to say about money than the other writers. When Jesus gave a parable about these uh, uh, workers, some of them worked all day, some of them worked half a day, some of them worked just an hour, and yet all of them got a penny. Uh, Matthew recorded that. It uh, was something that grabbed his attention. And uh, it uh, it seems that with Luke, Luke... Uh, is preoccupied with something that a physician would be. He, it seems that with what Jesus teaches or with what Jesus does, Luke records the response. He records the reaction. He records what happens after the treatment as uh, a physician will do. A physician will watch the patient after the treatment and And uh, if there is a reaction to the treatment, that's negative. And if there is a response to the treatment, that is positive. And I want to tell you tonight, when God speaks or when God deals with me or when God, however he gives me treatment, I want to respond rather than react. And so 
I find here in this uh, Luke chapter number 4, I find that, that Luke records the reaction on one hand and the response on the other of two different communities, two uh, different cities. And we find in the early part of Luke chapter number 4, we find that, that uh, Luke records the temptation of Christ. And he records that Jesus goes into the wilderness to be tempted and that he goes into the wilderness, he is full of the Holy Ghost. And after he uh, endures the temptation, he comes out of the wilderness uh, being tempted, and the Bible says that he returned in the power of the Spirit. I'm going to tell you, there's a lot of people who want the power, but if you want the power, you've got to endure some things. You've got to stand against some temptations if you want the power. It's more than just receiving the Holy Ghost at the altar. You've got to be able to endure if you want to walk in the power. Hallelujah. If you want God to use you, if you want God to raise you up, if you want God's hand to be evident upon your life, you've got to learn how to stand and say no to the devil if you want to walk out of that severe time of trial with the power. I want to point out to you here that Jesus emerges from this temptation in the power. Everybody say the power. power. It was evident that there was power upon his life. It was evident that the word that he spoke, it carried weight. It carried authority. It carried power. We find that Jesus goes to his hometown of Nazareth. And the Bible said it was where he had been brought up. And as his custom was, he went into the synagogue. Now, that just says a little something to me. It's not my sermon tonight, but it just says something to me. If Jesus, God Almighty robed in flesh, if he needed to go to church, then that says something to me. In my condition, I definitely need the house of God. And I, may, I need to make it a custom. I need to make it a habit. I need to make it a part of every week. I need to make it a part of my routine, going to church. Hallelujah. So he went there, and the Bible said that that he stood up for to read. And the place that he read was from what we call Isaiah chapter number 61. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He hath sent me to heal the brokenhearted and to preach deliverance to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind and to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. And he closed the book after he had read to them. Now I want you to understand, he went there in the power. But when he opened the book, he simply read. And when he got through, he closed the book and he gave it again to the minister, and he sat down, and you know what kind of response he got out of them? Just about the same kind of response I'm getting right here tonight. The eyes of all them were fastened upon him. Now that's a good thing. That's, that's a good thing. I have been to places where folks was balancing their checkbook, and they were, you know... Uh, they, they was they they just noticed that their nails needed to be trimmed and and they were uh, rearranging their assortment of mints in their purse and all of that stuff important stuff they had to do so you know I'm gonna tell you I do appreciate folks that listen you don't have to hop skip run jump all the time that I'm preaching but I do appreciate 
people at least fastening their eyes in the right place. And so he read, and uh, he said, This day is this scripture fulfilled in your ears. Boy, that, that really, man, they broke out into shouting. Some of them went to, they, they started being holy rollers, brother, brother Alexander. I mean, they went to rolling on the floor and turning somersaults. They were so impressed. Well, it really is not what it says. They just kind of sat there and waited on what was next. Now, that did not diminish the power that Jesus had. That did not take away from his anointing. It did not take away from what he was endued with and what he had come to accomplish and what he was going to achieve through that anointing. Matter of fact, they said, man, we know his family. Isn't this Joseph's son? And before it was over with that day, before it was over, Jesus told them, he said, there's going to be a day that you look and you say, we want done here what's been done at Capernaum. We want the miracles that Capernaum has gotten. We want the blessings that Capernaum has gotten. But they couldn't see that that day. All they saw was Joseph's son standing in front of them that day. And before it was over, they got so mad, they didn't respond. They reacted. They got so angry that they took Jesus to a cliff and they threatened to throw him off and he left Nazareth and when he left, he went to Capernaum, the very city that he had told them of. And he goes to Capernaum, another city of Galilee. And I'm just kind of skipping through here because, because I've, got, I've got something about Capernaum I want to tell you. He gets to Capernaum and he did in Capernaum like he did in Nazareth. He went to the synagogue. And he got to Capernaum and he got in the synagogue and he got up and the Bible said at the synagogue he taught them on the Sabbath days. Now, I want to tell you that at Nazareth they were so familiar with him. They had seen him. They had been around him. They didn't see him as anything special that he just read to them. It was nothing more than a scripture reading. It was nothing more than a citation of verses. It was nothing more than just giving to them what they had heard so many times. But when he got to Capernaum there was something different happened. It wasn't a scripture reading. It wasn't a testimony. It wasn't a few verses that were memorized. He taught them, which speaks something about their response, which speaks something about their receptivity. It speaks something about how they got a hold of what was said, what was read, what was taught, what was spoken in their midst. Now, I'm going to tell you, there's a whole lot of Nazareth churches today that just about all they get is a glorified scripture reading. They want to get a little sermonette. They want to get a little scripture reading. They want somebody to stroke their ego or their self-esteem, and they walk right out on a Sunday morning, and they go right back to living like they've always lived. But there's a Capernaum church that says, I don't want to just have a scripture reading. I want to be taught. I want to be a better husband. I want to be a better wife. I want to be a better saint. I want to learn how to pray better. I want to learn how to worship better. I want to learn how to give better. I want to learn how to walk in holiness and righteousness and be pleasing to God. There's a difference between a church that gets read to and a church that is taught. Hallelujah. And then the next thing was the Bible said that they were astonished at his doctrine for his word was with 
power. This is the same man that stood up and held the scroll in Nazareth. This is the same man that read the words of Isaiah. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me. But Capernaum got a hold of it. Capernaum latched on to that anointing and said there's power here in this word. There's power to change. There's power to heal. There's power to deliver. There's power to to make a difference. There's power in this thing. And I want to tell you the two things that Capernaum got right. Is number one, they were willing to be taught. Number two, they recognized what they had. I want to tell you that Nazareth missed out on the miracles. Nazareth missed out on all the blessings. The Bible said he could there do no mighty work because of their unbelief. And there came the day they said, we want to be a church. Wonder why they're so blessed. Wonder why they've got liberty in their worship. Wonder why there's so many wonderful things happening in Capernaum. Well, it all hinges on your response. It all hinges on, hey man, when the man of God gets up and he opens up the word and he begins to break the bread of life whether you are hungry for it or not. Whether it's just the same old voice you've always heard. Whether you tune out the preacher because he's going along the same trail that he's been preaching along the last couple of weeks and you've heard it all before. Or if there's something inside of you that says I need to be taught. I want the word of God to find me. I want to be preached to. I want to be helped. In my spiritual walk with God. And Capernaum was taught. If you're taught, you got to recognize you need to be taught. you got to have a teachable spirit. You can't have the spirit, I know it all. I've seen it all. I've been around a long time. What can you tell me, preacher? Oh, you'll be a Nazareth church if that's the kind of attitude you have. You'll be the one that's missing out. Wonder why that? Wonder why they're blessed over there. Wonder, wonder if we could uh, kind of get the program they've got over there. I wonder, I wonder if we could start doing some of the things that they're doing, kind of get this thing moving. Now, I'm going to tell you, these are the two things. If you can be taught and if you'll recognize what you have. Don't ever let the voice of your pastor become so familiar that you can just tune him out. Don't let it be that you've heard him talk and preach and teach and admonish. And I'm going to tell you something. Uh, Let me just tell this local church, you've got a pastor that loves you. And when he corrects you a lot of times, it's not because he wants to. He holds that off for the last resort. He is a patient man and I hadn't been around here any services and I hadn't been talking to him about what's been going on I know the man he's not going to get up here and slam and bang and just leave blood and guts everywhere he loves people and he loves souls and he wants to see you saved amen and when he does have to Uh, get the sword out. And when he does have to do some correcting, you ought to say, thank God for our pastor. He does it because he loves us and he cares and he's concerned. You better recognize what you got. You better recognize what you have. You better recognize the gift that you have been given if you want to be a Capernaum church. Amen. You know what happened at Capernaum? 
The Bible said that there was a, the spirit of an unclean devil that was in a man in the synagogue. And when Jesus began to teach, his word was with power. When they recognized that power, it, start, it, it started that the devil couldn't stay. The devil couldn't stay in the church. The unclean spirit couldn't stay in the church. I'm going to tell you, when you get a pastor that's anointed, now it's not enough just to have an anointed pastor. You can have the pulpit anointed and the pew as carnal and as cold as an icicle. But you need to get anointed with the pulpit. You need to get anointed with your pastor. You need to pray, God, put that same anointing on me. Lord, when he's preaching about righteousness, let me feel that fervor for righteousness. When he's setting the standard and bringing it on down, let me have a love for it. And even if he's bringing it right on down to my children, help me to love it so much, I don't even care. I'm excited about it. I want to feel that same love and fervor for holiness that he feels. Amen. I'm going to tell you, it'll cause the devils to flee. It'll clean up the church when the church gets anointed. The the church won't let the devil stay around. Man, the spirit of that unclean devil, it came out of that man. And then there was Simon Peter. His mother-in-law was sick. And Jesus went to the house of Simon's mother-in-law. And she was sick with a fever, about to die. And Jesus raised her up. Now, Now, I'm going to tell you something. Capernaum church will not only have glory in the church and victory over the devil in the church I'm telling you if you'll get anointed and recognize what you've got it'll go home with you it'll reach out and touch your house things that are not right in your house will get lined up if you'll realize the value of having a Capernaum church and a Capernaum spirit amen you go home and it'll affect the way that you treat your husband or you treat your wife are you the problems that's going on? Jesus will go home with you and take care of some of the problems that's going on. Hallelujah. There was another time. It was at Capernaum that there were so many people that was thronging Jesus. And, and the house was so full that, that there were four men that had a friend that was sick with the palsy. And they couldn't get through the front door, couldn't get through the back door, couldn't get through a window. And they climbed up on the roof and they started tearing off roof and tiles. And they started, they started tearing off everything, building material, so they could lower their friend down to where Jesus was. And in the middle of this service, there's mortar that starts falling and there's there's little pieces of wood that starts flying and, and sawdust is flying and, and here comes a man that's got a problem. Hey man, I'm going to tell you today that if, that, that if you have the spirit and the attitude that Capernaum had, it'll help you get your friends to where he is. It'll help you get your friends, hey man, what they need in God. It'll affect your friendships. Hey Amen. I'm going to tell you, I'm seeing too many, too many young people get affected by friendships out of this world. And I'm going to, out in this world, and worldly people and backsliders and carnal people dragging them right out. I'm going to tell you, this thing is powerful. If you recognize the power, hey Amen, you won't be going their way. You'll be bringing them this way. Hallelujah. It was at Capernaum. It was at Capernaum. That the centurion that had a sick servant at the point of death, he finds Jesus and says, I've got a servant that is sick. He needs to be healed. Jesus said, I'll come to your house where he is. He said, oh, no, no, no. I'm not worthy that you should enter in under my roof. Just speak the word only and my servant will be healed. And this time Jesus was amazed. This time Jesus marveled. He said, I have not found such great faith. No, not in Israel. That was in Capernaum. 
Amen. There's all kinds of things Jesus could do. And I want to tell you, a Capernaum church, if, you, if you'll make up your mind, we want to have a Capernaum church, it'll affect the strife and the conflict and the opposition that goes on in the church. It'll affect the house. It'll affect your friendships. And I'm going to tell you, it'll affect your work life. He was a servant to the centurion. And they, their relationship was in an employer-employee capacity. And Jesus affected that relationship. I'm going to tell you a Capernaum church. If you'll get in here and have good church with your pastor... Don't just shout with the evangelist. Have good church with your pastor. Don't just shout over the visiting preacher. Have good church with your pastor. When it's a Wednesday night Bible study, get on the edge of your seat and say, Bless God, we're a Capernaum church. We're not a Nazareth church. We recognize what we got. We got a truth-loving preacher. We got an anointed preacher. We got an opportunity of all opportunities, and we're going to make the most of it. Hallelujah. Amen. I'm just about through. In the life of Jesus, Jesus uh, found himself found himself accused by the Jews and they were seeking for a way to 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 trap him and the Bible said that he went back to where John first baptized in John chapter number 10 you find I think it's along verse uh, 39 40 41 42 somewhere along in there and said that he, that he went back to where John first baptized, and there were people began to join him there. And there were people that had been there with John. There were people that had been baptized by John. People that had heard the ministry of John the Baptist. And they got back to that old familiar territory where John had preached and where John had baptized. And they looked around, and they remembered those good old services, and they remembered what God had done through John the Baptist. And they looked around, and, and they, they all started saying, You know, John did no miracle. John did no miracle, but all the things that he said of this man was the truth. John never was a miracle worker. But brothers and sisters, he preached the truth. I want to tell you tonight, pastors are not generally miracle workers. They teach, they preach, they plot along, they counsel. They love, they help, they advise, they pray. They pray alone. They pray with others. They carry the burden of the thing. They deal with the problems, sometimes the complex, complicated problems and the complex relationships that bring such confusion into our lives and try to sift through it all and try to bring reconciliation and negotiation and communication and all of that. For the most part, they are not miracle workers. But if you'll stay with the truth preacher long enough, the miracle worker will show up. They said John didn't do any miracle, but he did tell us the truth. And him telling us the truth took us to the miracle worker. If you just get with your pastor and say, Pastor, preach the truth. Preach to my kids. Preach to my babies. Preach to my wife. Tell me I've got to be, tell me what I've got to do to be saved. Tell it like it is. I'm going to ride with you. And if you'll ride with your pastor on Wednesday night, if you'll agree with your pastor on Sunday morning, if you'll just stay with your pastor on Sunday night, I promise you, First Pentecostal Church of Jennings, Louisiana, the miracle worker will show up. God bless you tonight.
Let's stand and worship the Lord together tonight. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. 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 I love you, Lord. 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 Hallelujah. Amen. Let's take a moment and let's close with prayer. I want you to pray from your heart to the Lord and say, God, I want a teachable spirit, Lord. Thank you for this word tonight, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for planting the seed of desire in my heart to be taught and instructed by your word, O oh Lord Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord. I want to recognize your work in my life. Hallelujah, hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, work God a greater work in our midst. Work a greater work in our hearts. Work a greater work in our spirits, Lord. And let God there be unity and oneness in the Holy Ghost, Lord, in this assembly. That will continue to work your will in our lives, God, and in this community. And in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, I praise you, God. I praise you, God. I praise you, God. Amen. Thank you, Brother Weeks, for